0: Ed. Right, welcome back to the podcast. So today we've got a different episode for you all. And uh, now that we're on the YouTube, you can actually see us. So we need to be mindful of what we're doing facially. And everyone can see how ridiculously colored I look with the light next to me. So just for anyone wondering that's watching this on YouTube, I'm not severely sunburned in Aberdeen. I've actually just got a really bright light next to me. So just in case anyone was worrying about my skin yeah, y- health.
1: Y- you have been on holiday for the last month as well, so.
0: <laughs> so today's episode, we're going to have a discussion uh, between the four of us. So we're joined by Ross Ervin for the first time. Welcome to the podcast, Ross. Thanks,
2: guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Very welcome. And we're rejoined by Rob, who's been on before. So he's back on for another episode
3: thanks for having me guys i always love jumping on your podcasts good fun chatting to you guys
0: so both the guys are coaches themselves uh, both been in the industry a long time so hopefully we can provide some value and some really good input into the listeners listen to this episode and uh, we'll cover a few different um topics we'll discuss them in a fair bit of detail and um as usual If you have any questions after you've listened to this episode or watched this episode, you can just either comment below or just uh, slide into our DMs. Hey, Dan.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's how you like it. Definitely.
0: (laughs) Right, Dan, do you want to kick us off? And then we can go to one of the guys to to answer first.
1: Right, okay. So, uh, obviously, you know, welcome to the show, guys. Um, Nothing, uh, if you have an opinion about something, Air it out. We will take the hate for it. Don't worry. All right. Um, so I'll ask uh, Ross this one first. Um, do you think that because you are uh, into bodybuilding or even a good bodybuilder that gives you a pass to become a coach?
2: first I wouldn't really say I'm a good bodybuilder, to be <laughs> <fair>. <laughs> uh, but but just in general, no. no like I think it all kind of comes down to. Passion, I think that gives you a wee bit of a start, but I, well, I suppose not. Yes, actually, if anybody's got any kind of interest in fitness, it gives them a pass to start becoming a coach, but it doesn't make you a good coach or anything like that. I don't think it's just kind of base that you're going to going to, you're going to go off of, and it's the avenue you're going to bears down with looking at the clientele you want to work with and the way you're going to approach. You're coaching, isn't it? So, I actually started coaching before bodybuilding. It was obviously bodybuilding style training I did. And then that's just always the avenue I've kind of went down. So, I'm not really answering that question, am I?
1: (laughs) No, no, no. Your answer is good. I kind of have the same opinion uh, as you. I think, like, if you have a passion for it and you want to try and make a career out of it, obviously, you know without saying any names we know a lot of cowboys in this industry um that was more what i was on about but like uh it doesn't necessarily make you a good coach just because you are into bodybuilding or you are a
2: good bodybuilder no definitely not and i know without naming names again no bodybuilders <laughs> that are coaches and they are cowboys <laughs> so, yeah. um yeah yeah it's the start is the passion that's where you're going to go with things. Just like if you aren't at CrossFit. If you're good at CrossFit, does it mean that you're going to be a good coach? But it's your start of how you're going to get into coaching, I
1: suppose. Mm -hmm. Cool. Mr. Goodbye Man.
3: So, yeah, uh, I'm not going to be very controversial. I'm going to pretty much agree with a lot of the things you guys have said. One caveat I would give you, though, is that bodybuilding is the art of body composition. As a sport, it's the art of, of, of manipulating your body composition in a way that is aesthetically pleasing, or you might even say healthier. Maybe it's dramatic when the body fat percentages are dropping down to five, four, three percent. But uh, that potentially gives bodybuilders an ad- advantageous position for working with the general population who is more like I would argue most people's goals is to change their body composition for the better. Having said that there's plenty of different goals that people do have and obviously there's going to be personal trainers that could cater for any of those things whether it's marathons or uh, MMA fighting or cycling or whatever. So, yeah, I would say again, it would depend on the the goal of the individual. But for the general population, where the goal tends to be body composition, it might be slightly more advantageous to be passionate about bodybuilding.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with what what you both said. Um, on on the other side of it. Um, you know, just coming at it from a maybe a bit more of a negative standpoint, I would say that there's definitely a case of probably because of social media, um, but there's definitely a case of the general population or just members of the public in general who see someone who looks a certain way, let's say a bodybuilder and they assume that they're very knowledgeable based on how they look. And what I would say is that's definitely not always the case. You can get someone who is in great shape or they've been coached very well um and they actually have no idea how to coach someone and you get a lot of cases of this when they become coaches and then you hear horror stories because they don't actually know what they're doing there's more than one way to skin a cat as we all know as being coaches for a long time um and how that person became jacked especially if they're like a genetically gifted person isn't necessarily the best way to go and teach You know, just because you can do something yourself, that doesn't mean you know how to get everyone else there. Coaching in terms of like exercise selection, technique, all of these things, coaching isn't knowing how to do something right. Good coaching is knowing how to fix 50 ways to do it wrong. So, you know, just because one person has done it correctly themselves or they've been coached really well, that doesn't give them a pass to be a good coach, in my opinion. So that's that's like a caveat in my head. Mm. To, and I've seen this happen a lot. I mean, I've had I've had clients that have came to me after being with really good bodybuilders, and they've said, "Look, coaching was terrible. I don't know what to do." Like, or they put them on drugs, or like you know, like they put them on like fat loss drugs or whatever, and they they didn't really know what they were doing. They just give them the same protocol that they used. Um, and I don't know, Ross. Obviously, you're just as into bodybuilding as I am, and like in bodybuilding, it's it's actually quite common. To have really really bad coaches that just use the same protocols they've used on themselves even to like female clients and a couple of times i've heard of that and i'm like oh jesus they have no idea what they're doing you know
1: i, th- yeah. I think that's the problem that i have as well and the clients that i've gotten from uh, you know people that have went to bodybuilders not naming any names but i'm sure matt knows who i'm talking about but like they use the same set of protocols that they use for either their prep or their off-season thing to like And every day, Jane, that just wants to, as Rob said, yes, improve her body composition, but not to the point where she's like stepping on stage. So she doesn't need to have, you know, egg whites in the morning and all this sort of stuff and um, apple cider vinegar and things like that. Like it's, it's that's the sort of stuff that I hear and I like cringe at.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay, we'll move on to the next one. I feel like it's a decent answer, Adam.
1: That's a fairly good answer, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, right. My first one, come to you, Rob, first, totally fair. Um, there are more coaches than ever. Is the quality of coaching higher or lower in 2023, in your opinion?
3: That is a good question. A I, I, it is a difficult one. I would say um, I'm going to probably answer the, the question in two parts. Um, the first part is fairly simple. The, the, the quality of a coach is not necessarily measured by their qualifications. It's measured by their own personal knowledge that they've acquired over a long period of time, uh, we, whether or not it's been through certification or even just in the internet for hours and hours doing research and finding out uh, different protocols and things like that. So I would say that um, it doesn't really affect like uh, the quality of the personal trainers now however what i would say is back when i was uh, qualifying as personal trainer like you would be looking at a year to two years of 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 courses of studying to do the level three course and um, whether it was through college or whatever you know but now it's it's it, it can be done like almost fully online and in six weeks which uh is great i mean the internet is a great tool and it's helped people gain knowledge and uh, attain uh lots of different certifications as well but it doesn't necessarily transpire to being a good coach and you will see advertisements i remember seeing uh, like i think it was an advertisement that uh, they used to put up on uh in pure gym back in the day <laughs> uh, and it was like earn up to at £45,000 a year personal training. And that, if your eyes were drawn to that and not actually because you want to change people's lives and help people become healthier and fitter, then you're probably going in it for the wrong reasons and it's probably not going to work for you either. So I would say it depends on the coach.
2: Ross? So... I, I think it's a bit of a weird one. I think that coaching definitely is diluted now. Maybe that's just my perception. The quality of the quality of coaching is diluted now. Maybe that's just my perception because I'm probably no longer one of those coaches that are diluting it <laughs> compared to when I started nine years ago or whatever. But I just feel like there's so many, so many like the question says, there's so many PTs now, probably because you do see those things like earn 45 grand a year and stuff like that, so many people get involved in it and they last like two weeks and three weeks and like I hear stories of like I've got clients that work in gyms and they're like I got 10 pts and oh there's four starting four dropped off last week and it's, it's always going that way but at the same time I kind of feel like there's a lot of kind of un not untapped potential but a lot of potential and a lot of people that don't probably get the props for what they do like you always hear it there's big names in the industry, and it's like, you go to them, like, if it's a bodybuilding coach, it's like, you go to Tom Hames, you go to Ray Street, you go to Cuba, but there's loads of guys out there that really know their shit, that probably don't get, that kind of come up with, well, the, the, what they praise for the job that they do, just because, so, uh, it's a bit of both, I think it's hard to say, but they're definitely overall, I would say, coaching standards are diluted
3: what do you Ro- think i would like on your own. tonight oh, I, your- I just I mentioned something on the back of ross's statement which i think's interesting as well and i do agree with him, is not all the time but usually the loudest people are the ones that aren't that good at what they do and aren't that knowledgeable and the most overly confident you know and the ones that are genuinely very knowledgeable and genuinely uh, have a have a passion for their work can can Almost, it can almost make them a little bit uh, shy to to um, to to put forward their services, or a little bit. Um, I don't know. You, they, they they may be overly humble, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, you find that in, in many different uh, parts of parts of, of business and life, but I, I, that's just a, a little observation I've seen in uh, in in coaching as well.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Dan, what do you think? Yeah. Do you think coaching's better when we started or better now?
1: Again, that's, this is very difficult for me to say yes or no. Just answer
0: the question. I think,
1: <laughs> I think in general, the standard to get in is far too low. You know, like I'm not saying we need as much time as, you know, 10 years at med school or whatever, but like we take on more as coaches nowadays more than just training and nutrition advice Um, and I think a six-week course uh, you know is the starter but there's no um, encouragement to go and like do other courses on top of that and certainly when I did my level three it literally was six weeks they pretty much uh, you know I remember the guys up at the front of the class that during the anatomy exam that really didn't know and the tutor was like kind of like looking at option b and he was like which one do you (laughs) think it is (laughs) you know so but there was no chat like you had to get cdp points after it to keep up your reps if you if any of you guys remember what that was um like 20 points a year but you got it by doing like a spin class or a fucking gym based boxing not anything that's actually going to help a client go through like a transformation change and i'm not talking about getting them in the gym more like an actual like full lifestyle haul of sleep, uh, hydration, nutrition, all this sort of stuff. Like, I just don't think there's more uh, encouragement to actually learn that side of things. As Rob said, you know, part of the reason why I kind of got into it was I did read one of those posters about earning a lot and I went into it for that. It's changed now, but like they do try and make it more mass numbers to get you through the door, pay for their tuition and their companies to, to get in more people. I don't necessarily think that they're doing wrong. I think it's a good starter. I just think we could be a little bit more, make more stricter regulations to become qualified. Some people don't even have level threes these days. Like that's how crazy it is, is they don't. I know online coaches out there that have never read a textbook properly, you know, like at least go and do your level three. Like that's, it's a low entry barrier. Like just go and do it.
0: Yeah. I think for the lower quality of of coaching, the primary reason is probably because the barrier for entry is just so low compared to other professions. So naturally you're going to get people who don't know a lot who start coaching and charging for it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess that's just the nature of the beast now. And it's so out of control, the online space of coaching that it's very, very difficult to actually try and regulate it now because Mm -hmm. I know like ultimate performance uh, reps, like places like that have tried to, to introduce like a system of regulation but I don't even know where, where you would start with that. I can understand how to do it in terms of a personal training sense. You just mm. get every PT in a gym to go through some sort of training or go through some sort of regulation test like once a year or something like that. And you have one person that goes around the gyms and does audits on personal trainers. But how do you do that on online coaching? It's, it's practically impossible to
2: do it. Mm. Yeah. I definitely do think that a bigger emphasis does need to be on like development. Like, great, there has to be some entry level doesn't it and probably like a six-week course is fine but Mm. how many times Dan like um like hey Matt sorry um every time we talk on Instagram like what course you doing like uh, nearly every time we do it because it's like what could I do next because and I think that was probably the biggest shift for like me personally when I did my first ever course outside of the standard entry um and it kind of pushed me on and opened my eyes to like what so many people are doing down south and you come up to like a commercial gym and wherever it is and probably anywhere to be fair and it's it is diluted by everybody that's just done the same course to get in and they're young so they've got relatively good bodies. so it's like but you takes you to the first question does that give you entry to to be a coach to be a good coach it doesn't it needs to be that development
1: I I guess as well like it just doesn't I don't think it's like you have to go on course specific stuff all the time, but it's just like surrounding yourself with people that are like-minded that you can have like intelligent conversations with reading. Like we're not going saying go and spunk all your money on forces left, right and center. Like you could just do something like this, sit with four mates, really discuss if clients have actually got any problems. Um, I just don't know if the PTs coming through certainly are like, Exposed to that, or or even really being told that that is like a use, a use like this conversation here is a useful resource to me. Like, although we have very similar opinions, I will come away with like, oh, Rob said this, I now think this, and I will maybe look into a bit more. Ross said that, you know what I mean? Yeah,
2: yeah. I suppose it's it kind of comes talk- down to your passion again as mm-hmm. well. If you've got the passion for it, then you've been inclined to do more and just find out more for yourself. I think as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think uh, doing it to earn forty five k.
3: I think listening listening to something like the Andrew Huberman podcast on a weekly basis will give you every certification you need. <laughs> you know, you don't, <laughs>
2: need, you
3: don't really need to sit and invest uh, a lot of money when you just sit take some notes on Andrew Huberman's podcast. <laughs> All
0: right, we'll move on to the next one. Dan, do you want to do one of yours? Yeah.
1: Well, do my one last because it's kind of like just do your next is what i'm trying okay. to say
0: okay so the next one i was going to ask you guys we'll come to you first ross if you were starting now you're in 2023 so this is your first job as a coach what would you do differently from when you started because we all started like all four of us started 10 or more years ago
2: basically so yeah um what would i do differently to 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 when i first started um yeah probably just try to be a little bit more outgoing, like it's hard because I would never have known this without experience, but you just need to be personable, personable. If you're on the gym floor, like people like you, people are going to come to you Um, from, from that standpoint. And although Dan, you said not everybody needs to go on courses. The first thing I would do is go on more courses. <laughs> like I can't bum it up and off the first time I uh, the course I did was the M10 mentorship, and it was a massive, massive eye-opener to me of, like, standards of coaching and stuff, and I, I kind of feel like that should be, like, the standard of before you can do anything because it was, like, a broad coverage of of everything um, and the importance of everything rather than just, like, when I first started as a coach, I believed so many bullshit myths. Um, so, yeah, it was a, an eye-opener for me. So those two things, be as outgoing as possible and further my my knowledge with an actual decent course, a broad spectrum course.
3: Rob? Uh, I probably would say, um, and it's probably something I still need to get better at to be honest, which is uh, being able to be a little bit more business-like where needed in terms of, uh, you know, Closing a sale like in a in a in a honorable and uh humble way that is that will still make sure that that person is ready to work with you not in a salesy way you know what I mean um and I probably still need to work on that because uh, I'm, I'm a little bit too I don't know what you what word you want to use a bit too friendly you know like how much, you know, uh, I know you've got kids in school, you know, so maybe <laughs> we could, you know. So that's probably one thing, definitely. Anyway, I need to, I should have worked on there then, and I definitely still need to work on now. Um, and another thing as well, just backing up Ross's statement as well, uh, was I think maybe it's to do with your age as well. When you're young, you like to think that you are knowledgeable and you like to think that you are in the top five percent of knowledge so uh you 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 preach to people or you preach on your social medias in a in a in a way that is kind of uh my way or the highway you know like so i always say like we've got two ears and one mouth which means we should be listening twice as much as we're talking so when we're uh, when when we're, we're working with clients, like we should really be taking in their feedback. Oh, I can't do that, or oh, this is going to be difficult for me. Yeah, okay, let's try and find something else that, that will work for you. Whereas before, it would be like, eat this clean eating plan and uh, do uh, barbell squats, but even though you don't like them. You know, like so. It's 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 rather than being kind of arrogant and and having this kind of my way or the highway being a bit more uh working with the client rather than talking at the client
0: (laughs) that's such a good point that is such a good point i think with maturity not just time on the gym floor but with maturity i think all of us have probably improved on that one and like dan and rob you've obviously like i've worked with you guys personally but like um i i definitely would say that's one for me Personally, I was definitely like when you were saying that, Rob, I almost felt like guilty because I was so bad.
1: <laughs> yeah. I I thought you were talking about me there for a minute, but no, I mean one one thing I wish I could change, you know, obviously the business side of things, you you have to sometimes learn that, you know, you have the difficult conversation where, you know, you want to make it doable for them and affordable, but like you are still trying to run a business and pay for your own things. But like for me, I, and I did this for the first couple of years, and I was really guilty of It's like comparing myself to other coaches too much uh, and almost like not having my own um, identity in it. Like, for example, I would always be like, oh, you know, Matt's got all his clients on keto. I'll do that because I think it's going to get them results. Oh, Ross is doing German volume. Just
0: before anyone gives me shit, that's (laughs) hypothetical.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ross is now doing uh, German volume training for everything. Like, I'll do that. And I did that for a couple of years. I concentrated on like almost trying to look too good uh, on the gym floor with clients rather than actually just listening to them, actually just getting them results. Um and yeah, I, I was guilty for that for years, and I had to learn that the hard way by clients leaving me
3: <laughs> Dan, I think that's a really good point and I'll tell you why because I've watched you and and I've watched Matt uh, like since I've left the country and I like you've both got different ways of kind of presenting your business, let's say on social media and something that i used to think a lot is like, oh, i'm not posting enough videos or i'm not posting enough demos or i'm not posting enough like informative stuff you know and 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 i really like when i see a story or a post done by you or i see a story or a post done by matt like i'll stop and i'll have a look at it because i see you both doing the post just passionately from your hearts. let's say it's not just mm-hmm. uh uh this this uh this sales guru told me that i need to do a video like this or i need to do a sales pitch like this you know Mm -hmm. so it's a big big uh, a big part of it is when you can kind of just shift into your own identity and feel comfortable there
1: you want to know something that like again i learned the hard way is like see when you actually stop chasing money money comes to you (laughs) like when i stopped trying to make my 45k a year or whatever and just was just like right I have these five people in front of me. Let's just get them insane results. Let's really care for them. And then then I started to become successful when that happened.
2: Okay. Well, without saying anything further than that, like, I've worked with a, a business mentor, we won't uh, name, name names. Don't bring you can a, tell me a, after. <laughs> and, the, and the focus is always like oh, the industry standard now. It's no longer 45K. It's 10K a month. You need to make 10K a month. This is it. I never got to 10k a month, but like the chasing the numbers doesn't bring you getting a hippy-dippy here, but doesn't bring you any more kind of happiness. It's like, what are you trying to get out of it? If you did sign up to the, to just make 45k a year, or whatever, then maybe that is going to bring you happiness. But we, mm. we probably all didn't get involved in this to make 45k. It was re- really because it's again your passion and stuff like that. So if you do focus on the client and you see them happier and getting the results, like I just buzz off of getting results. That's the main thing. That's why I just push push results and things that are going to come off the back of that, really.
0: I think as well, like when it comes to clients and particularly young PTs, there's quite a lot of PTs who listen to this um, and they'll maybe message me and Dan about our episodes and like a good bit of advice if you are in that first initial period that none of us are anymore, but we can all reflect on it now A good bit of advice, I think, is to say, like, just look after your clients. Just give them the best service you possibly can. It's something that you told me at the start, Rob. Um, And for anyone listening to this who who isn't familiar with Rob, Rob gave me my first ever job at Pure Gym back in the day. He was my first manager. Um, So a bit of advice that Rob gave me was just keep your clients happy. Just take care of them, look after them, get the results. If you do that, you'll eventually, you'll pick up clients. As a trainer, you will pick up clients. If you keep them all happy, you will forever be busy because you'll keep clients client retention is keeping yourself busy. You don't need to keep trying to get new clients, new clients, new clients. If you're keeping everyone happy, if you keep those clients happy.
3: Yeah. Referrals number one. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, for people who are, who are in that mindset of, I need more clients. I need like, I need to speak to a hundred people a day on the gym floor and maybe I might get one or two like per month or whatever, just, Get all your clients happy. They'll do your referrals. They'll do. They'll do your talking for you. They'll tell their mates, their other halves, brothers, sisters, all that stuff. That's how you get clients. You know, keep people and happy. And if you've got results.
3: a, if you've got a good relationship with your client, they might not necessarily think to tell a lot of people about you, but you can feel fairly comfortable to say, look, if you're happy to refer me to some of your friends, like I'll stick an extra session into your next package or whatever, you know
0: yeah give them some sort of like incentive mm-hmm. right we'll move on to the next ones this is i thought this could just be quite funny um i've got a couple of things that i've thought of already so some stories of the best and worst pt sessions so i don't know if you guys have got anything off the top of your head rob we'll come to you first best or worst pt session so,
3: pt session um, I mean, it's not actually a session, but I will tell you a rather humorous story about working with a client. I just um, I'd 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 just accumulated a, a new client. It was uh, fairly like early twenties female. She was from the UK, and this was out out here in Dubai.
0: Is this PC? And,
3: sorry, yeah, it's PC. Don't worry. Well, it's fairly PC. <laughs> um we just had our consultation we'd we'd agreed that we're going to work together great and um literally on we we i think we'd had one or two sessions only so it was like the first week or 10 days that we've been training and uh we were chatting about the time and day exactly that we would train uh, this week and i'll say okay well we'll see you tomorrow then Instead of writing, I'll see you tomorrow so we can kick your ass, I said, I'll see you tomorrow so we can lick your ass. <laughs> and then literally, like, this was back in the day that you couldn't delete messages or anything like that. I was like, oh, God, that was so embarrassing. Uh, I meant kick, I swear. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a little bit embarrassing. But luckily, she stuck around. Maybe she became friendlier after that,
0: depends on the person I guess
3: depends on the person yeah
2: (laughs) Ross any that spring to mind off the top of my head not specifically like worst sessions or like best sessions like it's not even really a funny story but back again back in the day when I probably pushed people far too hard people that didn't have any business (laughs) in anywhere near how hard I've pushed them Uh, just a couple of guys spring to mind more so of like just every single session, waiting in the t- toilet <laughs> and then coming, and coming back. Um, and then even one time, actually, maybe this would be wash sessions, but it was still kind of funny at the same time. Um, one of those guys pushing them too hard, sitting on the floor, waiting, waiting in a bucket. And then at the same time, some guy that's... Nothing to do with me. Some guy that's running on the treadmill, you just see him fire straight off the back into the back wall, and then he comes over to me with one guy who's been sick in the bucket, and he's wanting me to help. And I'm like, what <laughs> am I going to do here? <laughs> so it's not really a wash session, but uh, uh, that's one thing that kind of sticks out in my head. It's like, do, do you know those it's weird? Kudos
3: to the guys for actually coming back after spewing.
2: Yeah, like, f- fairly. <laughs> like, the two, two guys specifically, um, they both are quite long term clients. They didn't consistently spew for years but like (laughs) the first five five, six weeks was like eh constant
1: no it's it's weird how you know like if you made somebody spew you almost got like a badge of honor for it back in the day whereas it's totally (laughs) not cool now but um I I have a horror story actually that I'm not sure if I've told on this podcast before but when I was at Bannantown's in Aberdeen I used to do um group sessions group PT sessions uh, for up to three three or four people and uh, we were doing like this little circuit and to cut a mass long story short uh, somebody was doing something they fell and I heard like a bang because they banged up against a box right and I looked at her I looked her straight in the eye and I was like are you all right can you carry on she was like yeah fine she got up and continued I think it was med ball slam or something she was doing she like slammed it too hard fell back whatever carried on going right and uh this other lady turned around and was like the lady's name was Karen she was like Karen look at your arm and she had fell back and smashed her arm on the side of the box and it pierced the arm all the way to the bone oof so, you know, if you like wiggle your fingers, you can see tendons and everything moving. I like uh... saw it and like she was like, no, honestly, I'm fine. And I was like, right, we need to get an ambulance. And she was like, don't embarrass me. You know, like if you have been to Bannentines, Aberdeen, it's like a private car park. So everyone just saw the ambulance come in and I was like, I don't care. <laughs> the ambulance is coming. And she was like, no, no, my car's out front. I just live up in Bridge of Dawn, which is like a two minute drive away. I was like, I cannot let you drive home. So I had to like, she tried to leave. So I had to stand in front. And obviously all this commotion was going on. She was waving her arms for me to get out of the way. Her blood was like flying everywhere. And then then she just fainted. (laughs) Uh, Dan,
3: there's that that weird phenomenon though, isn't there? Where that like, there's like 20 or 30 seconds where there's no blood, even though it's been cut really deeply. Mm-hmm. And then after that thirty seconds gush,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I genuinely looked at her; she looked fine, normal. And then oh. when we stopped for the rest, her face went even more whiter than what it was, and there was blood dripping down the arm onto the floor. And even then, I was like, "Don't faint, Dan. Don't faint." <laughs> that
0: sounds like something I saw. I never mind the PT. <laughs> yeah, team.
1: it was. It was not one of my finest days. <laughs> I've got a really good one. I've been struggling to hold this back. Man, like, is, is
3: this? Matt, is this 18 plus or is it for all members of the society?
0: <laughs> this story? Yeah. I'd say this story is for all members of the society. But once we finish okay. recording, i you guys another one. <laughs> <laughs> <All> right, <man. laughs> so
3: this
0: this was in Pure Gym, actually. So I think it would have been probably after you left, Rob. Um, and mm-hmm. it was just Ship before Rowe. I left. Just before I left Pure Gym Ship Bro. So Dan, you would have been there at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and i'm training this guy <laughs> so there's loads of stories of like clients whitey and spewing and stuff like that but this, this is slightly different so um i'm training this guy in his first ever session so i've done the consultation this is his first training session um so we haven't covered nutrition yet i'm just taking him through like an all body workout just to get him introduced into training he's very untrained never trained before so you know pretty low level of entry and just like what ross was saying a few minutes ago like when i was a younger pt i just used to absolutely fucking paste people right (laughs) i used to just nail them right (laughs) and like i would just never do what i used to do with people now now i just go over technique and i'm really careful with what i do i barely even warm them up too hard now in case they whitey or feel dizzy or just to make them feel comfortable you know so I was just giving this guy an absolute fucking pasting, right? And I had I had no business doing it. I had no right to do it. And I remember sitting this guy down. And because he was so unstable, he's what I'd call a movement retard, right? So he was so unstable in any movement, right, that I thought, right, I'll get him on a seated chest press because I tried to give him dumbbells and he was like an octopus on speed. There was just limbs <laughs> everywhere, right? So I was like, right, I'll, I'll sit him down onto a a seated chest press and he was like really out of breath his heart rate was really elevated and stuff so i was like right just sit and chill there for two minutes and then we'll do a set right he can't go wrong the machine's got all the stability for him and he just sat there and every second that went by as he was sitting in this chair his skin color was changing right so he was getting paler and paler he was looking more dizzy and more dizzy and he sort of looked at me he was a typical like guy's guy as well you know you could never admit that he felt bad (laughs) and he was like he looked at me and he was like i don't feel (laughs) good (laughs) so i was like right just sit there and chill for a minute and like You'll feel better. We're just not going to do anything for a couple of minutes. Just, you know, get your heart rate back down. Your body will relax, blah, blah, blah. And as I'm, like, talking him through it, trying to talk him off the ledge of just never exercising again in his life, he projectile vomited, right? And this this projectile vomit, I'm not even joking, came out of his mouth like a missile, right? And so we're we're in the middle of Pure Gym on a Monday night at, like, 7 p.m. So the place mm-hmm. is wrapped. And Greg, yeah. who I now work with at CN, was PTing. And he was doing a circuits class about five meters away. And his projectile vomit just about hit someone that was in the class. And it uh... like, it, like, it, like uh... landed. It like landed. And it was like hot steaming curry. <laughs> And I'm not even joking. Like, it was like someone just served up a really nice curry and just launched it onto the gym floor. And I was like, I looked at it. I was in shock, right? I looked at it and I was like,
2: is that a curry?
0: (laughs) And then he looked at me and he was like, he wasn't, he was an Indian guy. So, I mean, I'd imagine he ate curry. All the time yeah. and um, and he looked at me, and
3: he was like, Yeah, I had a Vindaloo before I came.
1: Oh, god,
3: <laughs> like that's the worst pre workout ever! Yeah, and I that's a like, mistake, Matt. Like, he must have had really strong abs if he could projectile bomb at almost five meters. That's honestly, one bonus, honestly. I've <laughs> never seen anything like it, and it,
0: it really sounds like I'm amping up the story for the podcast, but I'm genuinely not. This thing flew out of him like a rope, right? It was like <laughs> Absolutely mental, and it was just like steaming hot curry. And I remember, like, just I felt really bad for him. I mean, he was obviously really embarrassed and stuff. And as disgusting as it was, I still didn't offer to mop it up, I still made him. Do it. <laughs> of course, oh, wow. of course. Uh, you're not God. a cleaner, you're a personal trainer, exactly. You still haven't <laughs> done your set, <laughs> you're still doing me three sets of 10. Uh, Uh, right right move on i've just taken about 10 minutes explaining that shit story
1: (laughs) right so we've got one last one i think it's quite good to close with um and i would really um be interested to hear what you guys are going to say about it so where do you see the fitness industry going within the next three to five years like what do we what do you think is going to be the next like i don't know a trend biggest trend if you want to call it that or just the way in the direction you think fitness is going I'll go with Ross first because he's oh, gagging put it on to the get spot. On. I'm
2: like thinking so bad, like what I don't know I think we're probably all going to be a little bit biased towards what we are maybe facing towards the now so I feel like from my viewpoint things are just going to continue going more science-based like Feel like that seems to be something that's really picking up now. Maybe it's because I'm again, I'm more and more involved in that kind of stuff and want to know a bit more kind of intricacies around about it. But yeah, that's what I would probably say. You get a lot of people saying that oh, PT's dead online is going to be the only way. I don't see that changing. Mm -hmm. That's never going to be the case. Like there's such a big pull in PT. Um, But I think probably the standard the PT probably will raise as it's kind of becoming more scientific. Yeah. Um, don't know your guys' thoughts on that. Rob?
1: So,
3: yeah, I would say that probably trends that are currently, like, manifesting in the last year or two, which I think are, like, all of the stuff that is outside of the one hour in the gym or outside of the meal prep, you know, so whether it's uh, like getting some daylight in the morning to set off your circadian rhythm or whether it's walking outside in uh, a natural environment to help with uh, anxiety and depression. All of these kind of wellness tools and wellness techniques that are now backed by science, as Ross was saying, that are going to help people kind of um, mitigate this modern Modern age that we live in, where we're constantly barba- bar-, bar. What's the word? I've well, got no idea.
1: I don't know.
3: Bombarded. There you bombarded. go. That's the one. Bombarded. We're constantly bombarded by uh, stimulus and uh, threats of war and threats of economic crisis. Oops. So it's going to be tools that are going to help us. Another thing is, after all of this COVID bullshit, you guys all know my opinion on that. Well, you mm-hmm. guys do since from our last one. Uh, I think more people are understanding that uh, the medical industry doesn't have you as their primary goal. Your health is their primary goal. They have uh, dollar signs above your head. What so I, I think make. I quoted to make. So I think that um, that people are going to. Uh, many people are pulling back from just take the pill or take the injection, and they're they're thinking more lines of what lifestyle changes can I make in order to uh, alleviate chronic conditions.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really good. I like that. I know you're really into the sort of wellness lifestyle stuff, Rob, and quite a lot of your posts are actually really good when it comes yeah. to that. I really like your posts about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the daylight exposure and things like that, that you talk about circadian rhythm. You've always quite, you've always been quite into that kind of stuff and I've learned quite a lot off of you in that respect yeah um mm. but somehow in an answer talking about that you've managed to go into conspiracy theories pharmaceutical yeah drugs, i know <laughs> i don't know i don't know how got you covered that gotta let the people know man <laughs> <laughs> i was i'm impressed you did that in like 90 seconds considering someone's i took i took about eight minutes to explain someone's spewing on the gym floor so
3: <laughs>
1: um
0: what do you think dan
1: yeah i i agree with rob i actually he's pretty much stole my answer i think you know we're going down a a route where people are now really thinking what are the sort of you know free things and i say free not in terms of like monetary value but like not having to go to the doctor to get a pill or a potion of some sort to to fix you it's What can I do? Sunlight exposure, sort out my nutrition, keep well hydrated, cold plunges and like saunas are really um, big at the moment, things like that. Um, So yeah, I think it's something that is backed by science and something we're all doing, you know, now and integrating into the coaching. Um, Because like, as I was kind of talking about the standard of coaching at the start, it's not just a gym session. Now that PTs are required to deliver, we're almost required to deliver some sort of lifestyle advice and and upscale ourselves on the importance of sleep and why you should sleep and sleep hygiene and all this sort of stuff. Um, so I think it's gonna just double down and really continue on that path. And I think it's only just gonna get bigger and bigger. I agree with Ross as well. I, from somebody that has been an on-floor PT for 10 years and has for the last year been an online PT, more through personal choice, Um, because I had to move. Um, I don't think it's a dead industry at all. I think it's definitely uh, face-to-face is more personable. Um, I think, you know, it's it's going nowhere uh, is the short answer of what I'm babbling on for trying to say right now. I don't think it's going anywhere. Um, I do think online coaching obviously picked up during lockdowns and things. Um, and i think it will continue to get more popular Um, but i that doesn't mean to say I, I, that i think that face to face i'll be dead
0: yeah yeah i agree with that <clears throat> i think in the next five years there might be a bit more emphasis on stress management hormone profiling mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. like that that are coming into chat now i think more people are learning more about these things and like what ross said about science scientific data is coming out all the time so in five years time You'd be surprised at how much will come out and how much new things will have revolutionized by then. Mm. And I think when it comes to these things, it's all pretty new. You know, personal training as an industry, the fitness industry is relatively new. You know, when you Mm. talk about the industry of personal training, it really only started in the 2000s. You know, Mm. there was PTs in the 90s, but it wasn't wasn't really an official qualification. It wasn't seen as an actual job until probably the 2000s. So it will just... It'll have evolution. Things will change over time. I think one thing that people are going to get more into in the next five years, 10 years, 15, 20 years is definitely hormone profiling. So mm-hmm. I remember um, listening to a Paul Quinn interview before he, he passed and he was talking about, I don't know if you guys ever watched that London Real episode with Charles Paul Quinn.
3: Um, I, I know the show but i haven't watched that one no
0: it's it's a really good episode um not if you're vegan because he absolutely hammers them but <laughs> it's, it's a pretty good episode in general and he, he talks about the average man's testosterone level and how basically every decade has dropped eight to ten percent or something like mm. that um since like you're talking like from post-war until now so basically since they've done um, research on testosterone levels and it's due to a multitude of factors but one of the main ones being stress levels are higher um, in the average the average person now so naturally with that over the next 10-15 years the cascade that's going to come from the average person having lower testosterone is fertility issues so i think one thing that will come from people struggling to conceive children is people will value health and exercise at a higher point to prioritize having children. Mm-hmm. People people might not care about their body weight. They might not care about having abs and things like that that are more visual and more um, uh, like validated by other people, but they will care about the lack of the ability to have mm-hmm. children. So if there's ever something to force people into changing or making a change, hiring a PT, getting on plan diet-wise, it is the the ability to have children. So I think that will be something that... that comes into our industry a lot more in the next five, 10 years. Mm -hmm.
3: That's a nice answer. That's a nice answer. I think you're really on the button there. And I think we've hit the peak now of this whole aesthetics and looking at people on social media and idolizing them. And people are maybe now understanding maybe in this last five years, like scientists are now understanding and now the general population are now understanding that that is not necessarily a healthy thing to do as a human being which is compare and 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 feel depressed because you don't look like that you know so it's becoming better still very poor at the moment but it's becoming better i think yeah guys can i ask can i ask a a really interesting question before we wrap up feel free because i think it'll be cool for listeners to 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 know about us as well just ask the the question (laughs) (laughs) the uh, the question is you know we talk about different wellness tools that we use cross-spectrum like uh, training nutrition stress management sleep all these different things which wellness tool that you guys preach to your clients do you sometimes or most often fail at yourselves let's go
2: with ross (laughs) (laughs) I've got a bit of a cop out answer already for this because it's, 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 it's all right. Sleep, definitely. Um, I've never been a great sleeper, but now having a baby, it's definitely so much worse. So, oh
3: wow, a, a yeah, cop-out
2: <laughs> answer for sure. But otherwise, I'm quite a bit of a saddle to be honest, like,
1: yeah,
2: pretty on the ball. Done. Um, I'm struggling
1: to think of something.
0: Um... Oh my, that's why I said Dan. <laughs> Uh, what, give, me, give me examples Rob I'm trying to think off the top of my head I was going to go with sleep but I need to come up with something else Yeah I was going to so, go with sleep as well
3: <laughs> So I'm fairly regimented with my sleep I'm pretty good I'm, I, I'm up at, at 5.30 most mornings So I'm in bed between 9.30 and 10 most nights But maybe uh, Something like uh, Maybe At times you are, Your screen time Is maybe a bit excessive yeah. Or yeah maybe at time
1: tiny... i'll hold my hand up first and say mine <laughs> through the roof
0: <laughs> i am very very um disciplined with screen time and i set An timers on apps i uh I'm, I'm super super aware of it and i put my phone like down before i go to bed i never look at my phone in bed like things like that um Sleep is something I'm super anal with. You know what I'm like with sleep, Dan. I'm like my whole day revolves around a good night's sleep, a good evening routine, good morning routine. I'm very Mm -hmm. anal with it. Um, But what I would say sleep-wise is that when I'm in um, prep, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, Ross, my sleep's awful. So when I'm when I'm really really lean, like when we were competing last year, Ross, like the last sort of six weeks before we did PCA, like my sleep was awful. Like it was, I was pretty much an insomniac for six weeks. And so I would say to clients, like, you need to change something or you need to do something. And I didn't take that advice. I just, I just popped a couple of melatonin and hoped for the best. Uh,
3: Matt, question for you about that. Like, what do you think that was? Do you think that there's maybe an elevated cortisol because you're really getting into a dangerously low body fat percentage? Yeah, I
0: think... think it was. There's definitely a correlation of that. I think that's one element. I think the other element of it is simple survival mode from your body. Um, So when you get to Mm. a certain low level of body fat, it's almost like keeping you awake as a survival response. And um, the other one is just simply hunger. Hunger keeps you awake. So if I'm going to bed with an empty stomach, quite hungry, um, my body won't keep me asleep for long. So it's not that I can't fall asleep. It's that I can't stay asleep for a long period. I
2: don't Mm -hmm. know if you get that as well, Ross. Yeah, definitely. And peeing constantly
0: yeah that's the other one i'm like i'm like at the gym doing my last session seven till 8 p.m i'm planning on going to bed at nine i'm thinking right i'll stop i'll just have a little sip if i need it but i'll stop drinking water so that i don't have to get up during the night and then i'm up at like 11 one half three you know it's just like your bladder just has no no capacity when you're that lean no nothing so yeah um so yeah mine would probably be sleep as well to be honest but i don't have I don't have a good excuse like Ross. Like I don't have a baby or anything.
3: So. <laughs> <laughs> I I would say um guys for me I would say probably it would be um it would probably be probably I'm mean, I mean I would say screen time but I am aware of it probably like you Daniel where like I'm aware of it but it's whether it? I'm. <laughs> well no it's a way yeah or it's whether i'm i'm actually willing to action it or not Mm. you know so i often um i i i discovered this thing where you can switch your app off like after 30 minutes of use like as in you get 30 minutes of use every 24 hours so what what i'm now trying ah okay so now i'm trying to stick to that like so like say for example let's go with instagram or youtube whatever YouTube, I'll put on for an hour. I quite like watching like documentaries. So. But uh, I'll I'll stick a, a timer on that, and then literally it takes a lot of effort to go into the settings and everything to take it off again. So I'll just be like, okay, I've used my I've used my uh, my uh, my usage for today. I'm not able to go online anymore, you know. So, but again, it's something that I consciously have to keep in control because if I don't it can spiral, spiral out of control, that makes sense.
0: I mean, everything on our phones is designed to make us feel addicted to it. It's everything oh, yeah. about... I mean, you've literally got, like, people who have done scientific research and they have data to collect and use on an app, like Instagram or Facebook, to hook you in and keep you on that app. You know, like, like I don't use them, but, like, TikTok and things like that. Like, they're designed mm-hmm. to get people addicted to them. So, you know, it's... You're not an idiot for being addicted to your phone it's just that you have to try and act with some sort of level of discipline to avoid spending too much time of your day um because procrastinating on the iphone is such an easy thing to do it's very very easy oh yeah so you know it's it's easily done it doesn't make you an idiot or a bad person i would say that to clients like try and cut down your screen time um but just you know like have certain things that you're actually trying to do just mm-hmm. saying i'm going to cut down my screen time does nothing that does nothing actually That's set the right.
3: action yeah Yeah, yeah.
0: exactly set timer limits um one thing i do before like half an hour to 45 minutes before i do my bedtime routine before i stretch and like read or whatever i always put my phone in airplane mode so i can't even look at a message i can't receive one um so that's something that i've done that helps me so i don't know anyone else uses that but it's something i do
3: i actually put my phone on airplane mode uh, when i go to bed um and i again i don't know this I don't know whether there is any because this is totally anecdotal. It's not scientific and there might be science behind it. But when I have my phone on airplane mode and since I've been doing that for the last year and a half, I feel like I sleep more soundly. Mm. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe it's because I mean, if if a phone is able to talk to a satellite or it's able to talk to a Wi-Fi router in the other room, there might be something that could also be triggering signals in the brain as well that keeps your brain stimulated at night. I don't know. But that's purely anecdotal.
2: You're getting done these conspiracies again, I think. That's why you say Rob's a little bit of conspiracy here. That's it's, uh. it's also like well beyond my pay grade.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like so out of my depth for that chat, you know. Like uh. I don't how to use Wi-Fi. Never mind, like explain it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Cool. Anything you want to add to that, Dan? No, I, I think we better wrap it up there before Rob starts talking about Area 51 and how they didn't land <laughs> on the moon. <laughs> oh, did you know about Area 52, guys? <laughs> I did. I'm like you. I like conspiracy theories.
0: <laughs> did you guys see the, the Q&A question I got? Is uh, is Hitler still alive?
3: No, no, I didn't see that. What like did 100- you answer? He'd be like 138 or something. Like <laughs> uh, I mean might have the
0: technology. <laughs> <laughs> right, Don, you want to wrap us up?
1: Yeah, 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 right. Guys, do you want to uh, give yourselves a wee plug where people can ask you any questions and, you know, if people want to text Rob about conspiracy theories, where can they find you, Rob? And then we'll go with Ross.
3: Uh, you can, you, my website's www.coachedbyrob.com, Instagram at coachedbyrob. And... Uh, do you have one to have a chat about anything at all? You can controversial subjects are even better.
2: Ross, <laughs> no, cool. I'm on a couple of things, but probably the best place for sure is to get me his Instagram. I should be cutting down my screen time on Instagram for sure. Uh, <laughs> at Ross Fitness Nutrition. Awesome. Can I
0: just say before we finish up as well that like this is the most like Scottish guests we've ever had on name wise like Ross and Rob. That is the most Scottish podcast we've ever done. <laughs>
3: Definitely.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, Dan, you can finish it.
1: Right. Thanks very much for coming on, guys. Uh it's been a pleasure. Um Ross's second ever podcast. Uh, so um, he got on absolutely great. Rob, this is your third time on. I think
3: so, yeah. Third time. Yeah, so. it is third time. Third
1: time. Uh it's always a pleasure to have you. And you know, we will get you back on to chat more conspiracy theories. But thanks very much for listening so far. If you've made it this far. And yeah, that's another episode done.